0: Hey, Alex here. Uh, The watch list that I mentioned at the end of the last episode was actually done live, right? That's right, live, on Twitch, at Alchemist, right? That's my personal Twitch account, A-L-K-E-E-M-I-S-T. Now, I actually jumped on, did chart analysis, looking through news and everything. I'll show you how to find the news. I'll show you how to find the stocks, what I'm looking at, all the indicators, all that stuff, live so if you're interested in seeing me analyze stocks, join us. Just go to Twitch, follow me at Alchemist, A-L-K-E-E-M-I-S-T. Now, if you don't have a Twitch account, the setup takes literally five minutes at most. So get to it if you do want to see me do all this stuff live. And you get to ask me questions in there too, which is really cool. Uh, in today's episode, we're actually interviewing Kizzy Parks. She's a biracial adopted black woman who beat the odds, got a PhD in psychology, and later built several businesses around securing federal government contracts and creating businesses around that. She's actually really cool. Like, beyond all the accolades, she's a really, really dope person. One of the greatest people I've ever met. Now, if you have a talent or a skill or a side hustle, uh, even one you never went to school for, like riding horses um, maybe you have a dealer who, you know, uh, can get you hook up with textbooks or whatever, bunch of, bunch of stuff. You might be able to get a government contract for yourself or your business because the government's always buying things. They might need what you have. It's a really good episode, some mind blowing stuff. So, uh, enjoy the episode. We're going to jump right in with our interview with Dr. Kizzy Parks.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Kizzy Parks. Kizzy Parks. And, you know, growing up, I always knew two things. I always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur, and I always knew I was going to earn a PhD in psychology. So I I actually accomplished that. I have several businesses, and I started my very first business directly out of graduate school. My last month of working on my dissertation, I was offered this opportunity to contract for the Air Force. And a lot of this came out of um, my parents really nurturing my desires around being an entrepreneur. Like when I was a little kid, uh, my aunt likes to retell this story of, um, it was like Christmas time and my brothers needed batteries for some device And they asked me for my batteries and I, of course, sold them to them. So it's just like always been there that I've I've always looked at things with this entrepreneurial lens. Like we used to camp, like we had this travel trailer and we would go all around the Midwest and go to these random cities every other weekend and camp. And you would have I don't know if you still do today, but you would have to use like this special toilet paper for the, the trailer because of the way the septic system was set up. And you would have to go to these like remote camping stores. They would have like one four pack that was like $10. It was crazy. And I remember always telling my parents like, we need a we need our own camping supply store. You know, I'm like seven, like we need a camping supply store. We need to sell these things. And so I always saw these opportunities of like, okay, clearly we need this toilet paper. Nobody else is selling it. We should be selling these things. <laughs>
0: There's not a lot of there's not a lot of kids that are thinking like not even, I shouldn't say kids there's not a lot of adults that are thinking like that. They just see a problem and it's like, well, somebody somebody should fix this. But at seven years old, you're like, okay, well, this seems pretty easy, guys. Let's just <laughs> let's just buy all the toilet paper, right, and resell it, or let's let's make our own and travel around selling toilet paper. And you probably would have been rich doing that if they had uh, they had listened to you.
1: I know they've definitely because. It was hard to get camping supplies.
0: So, uh, so you had this entrepreneurial background, um, but I wanted to go. I wanted to go uh, deeper into your into your past because you mentioned, uh, or I saw out there that you were adopted.
1: Yes. Right. So how yes. do you
0: how do you find the mental space to uh, deal with deal with that once you knew the truth and also still have this entrepreneurial spirit at such a young age like how did you find up space in your in your head to to be able to have those two paths?
1: Yeah so I always knew as a kid mm-hmm. I like always always knew and there were these two papers that my parents had one of them kind of described my birth family, what they looked like, like their skin complexion and the, the racial terms that, and ethnic terms that were used at the time. And then there was like another paper that was um, from the court where they gave um, my adopted parents legal custody of me. So I always had these papers and I would look at them a lot as a little girl. And because my adopted family they were an interracial couple and i'm biracial and my birth parents were an interracial couple i kind of had an idea of why i was put up for adoption that it was probably due to race and and things of that nature and so um i never had any kind of hate disdain anger toward like my birth mom or my birth father it was just more of curiosity. So knowing I was adopted just sparked a lot of curiosity. I'm still curious. I always have tons of questions and I always want to know more. It's just how I am. And and so that was always at play of this curiosity. Being an entrepreneur was just always there. And my adopted parents nurtured that. They supported it. Uh, they Allowed me to do a lot of kooky things that probably <laughs> shouldn't do as a child. <laughs> but they supported every little crazy I'm selling candy bars or selling beauty products or selling something for tickets or reselling golf balls through a fence to That's adults.
0: Incredible.
1: You know, it was they 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 all nurtured it. And the the most exciting part and the greatest blessing, the hands down, the greatest blessing in my entire life is the fact that. I know my my birth family. Um, I'm close with my birth mom, with Teresa and my brothers, and that led to this big reveal of that really further helps to explain why I'm an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm.
0: So what so what is so what is that what is that reveal?
1: Well, my grandfather, when um, many years ago, he and his brothers started a golf course that's still here in the Nunica, Muskegon, Michigan area, they since sold it. And so one of my earliest memories of being an entrepreneur is when I I found these golf balls behind my friend's house, I took them home, I cleaned them, and then I reselled, resold them through a fence. And so it's so ironic that, you know, my kind of entry point into being this entrepreneur was associated with, you know, what my grandfather created. He, I mean, it's literally still here. Um, I think it's called Tierra Verde yeah. is, what is, is the name of the golf course. And so um, then I learned from my mom that my grandfather was really entrepreneurial. It was, we had this beautiful moment when we were at their house right before um, Right after my grandmother had passed a few years ago and she was just showing me things. She was like, look, she's like, this is where your grandfather was trying to to (laughs) he was growing grapes so he could make wine. And like we're in Michigan. So just putting this all in perspective. Right. Yeah. And so she's like, that's this is, you know, one of the vines. And she's like, this is the green that he created because she's like, your grandfather created all the holes at the golf course. And he created this green over here in the backyard, and then she's like, "Oh!" And he had a popcorn cart. She was like, "Just like you, he was always trying to think of these ways to make money."
0: That's it, <laughs> and it's not I mean, you can't. There's no entrepreneurial gene, right? But it's like I maybe mean, it's just. I mean, if someone if you're a spiritual person, right? I mean, there's the answer because that's that's. And you didn't know your birth parents, you didn't know your grandfather, but somehow you got it, right? You got the bug. How do you teach? Because I know you do some consulting. How do you work with when you're working with someone who doesn't have the bug, but really wants
1: it? Gosh, that is, I have to say of all the podcasts I've been on, that is definitely my favorite question. Hands down the favorite (laughs) question, because so many people assume that you can just do this right like yeah. the gig economy we have upwork and we have all of these options you know i got a side hustle it's like the cute hot thing right you know <laughs> i got a side hustle I'm 1099 <laughs> you know i got a little money coming in cash at me right so you know but the thing is that is so different than the mindset and shift that's necessary to be an entrepreneur so when I come across people, and I do quite regularly, um, you know, I, I, here's a here's a great example. There was there was a person I met, and they were like, "Hey, I want to provide services to the federal government right now. I repair like refrigerators and different electronics through this company. They call me out. I'm ten ninety nine and." that's what I do. And I make, you know, X amount per month. And I know I can do this for for the federal government. And I said, look, I'm not questioning whether or not you can or can't, I'm not questioning whether or not the federal government is paying for some kind of repair service. I said, but you have to realize this company that you're providing these services for have spent all this money on marketing, all this money on sales. They have a business model that works They have clientele because of the way that their business model is set up. And all you have to do is just literally do the service and you leave and you collect a check. Where now you have to put all of these entrepreneurial skills, several I haven't even mentioned, into (laughs) action just to try and get work with the federal government of all of the clients that are out or or the markets that are out there. And so some people are unable to really understand that and want to go that path. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's yeah. nothing wrong.
0: Now, what if someone says, uh, you know, okay, well, I am willing to do the work. Where do I start? All right, what What do you say?
1: For those who say they're willing to do the work, and we're specifically talking about the federal government, then I walk them through several, several steps. So the, the there's one basic step that This one actually applies to everyone, but especially the federal government because of the length of the sales cycle. And that is you need to be able to pay your bills. So if that means you have to work on your newfound entrepreneurial journey from 7 p.m. to 2 in the morning, that's what you may need to do. If you need to collect savings or have several side gigs, that's fine. But you need to be able to pay your bills because too often people jump into this new found entrepreneurial love
0: Mm -hmm.
1: expecting that immediately they're going to start receiving revenue and they're going to be able to use that to pay their bills or replace their salaries. And it can take a long time. Look at places like Amazon. It can take several years to become profitable and then you're going to end up desperate. So they need to be able to pay their bills. And then the second thing is really dig deep into what it is that they really want to offer the federal government. Because some people I had someone recently that's like, Oh, well, you know, I provide marketing services. So I'm like, okay, that's great. You guys provide marketing services. Is that all you want to do? Because if, if that's it, then that's fine. However, comma, the federal government buys pancakes. They buy coffee. They buy weapons. They buy training. They buy staffing. They buy computers. They All they're looking for is a, a vendor to offer these products and services based on their requirement. So if you offer marketing and you sell coffee grounds, there's nothing wrong with that. They're not going to question you. They're just going to say, okay, when can we get it and Things of that nature. So that's the second question, because if somebody really wants to pigeonhole themselves, they can, but that's not where the opportunity lies in federal contracts. Mm-hmm. That's why the big companies like the IBMs, dying Corps, they have different positions that aren't as sexy. You know, nobody wants to say, oh, I work at IBM and I staff admins for department of justice. Like nobody <laughs> wants to talk about that. They want to talk about supercomputers and, yeah. and, um, you know, blockchain and top secret things. So yeah. that, that's a, that's the, the big, big kind of shift is that mindset.
0: So, so the person who's really spent time specializing in, in, uh, in Facebook ads, you you suggest them, <laughs> you'd suggest them, them, uh, adding to their, their skill base so that they have more to offer when they, when they do decide to uh, start pursuing contracts and stuff like that.
1: Right. Cause you can, you can take those skills and use them for staffing or maybe you use them to, for an overall marketing campaign. A lot of agencies buy marketing campaigns, several of them and you know, or you partner with someone, maybe there's a company out there who needs help with ads for a federal uh, client, yeah. so there's there's always ways that you can apply. You know, because my background is industrial organizational psychology. Never did I think I would be involved in a contract where we inspect all vape, like vape tobacco shops in America. I would have never thought that ever.
0: Okay, so okay, let's let's do a I'm an off the cuff hypothetical here. Let's say I um, let's say I am what you were in the beginning, right? Diversity and inclusion uh, specialist, right? I went to school for psychology. I minored in, um, you know, diaspora studies or something Mm -hmm. like that, right? And I say, I want to do government contracts. Walk me through, like, a super basic or super simple, like, Okay, you Google this, you click this, you put your email in here. Like, walk me through a super simple pathway of how to get there. Obviously, it's going to be more – there's more nuances to it. But, like, walk me through a super simple, simple pathway of of getting there.
1: Yeah, one is you're going to have to register on sam.gov. So there's Sam, like Uncle Sam. (laughs) (laughs) That's why it's called Sam. Hey, I didn't create it. I didn't create it. So, Sam.gov. You go to Sam.gov, and you're going to need to register your business. So, but so this point is a little tricky. But typically, you would go to Sam. You would register your business. You would register as a small business owner, and there's going to be a lot of terms and a lot of things that are really confusing because, in many ways government contracting, it's, I equate it to being dropped off in the largest Amazon um, warehouse. And then they ask you to pick three things and you have like 10 minutes to do it. And you have no idea where anything is because it's so huge. That's how government contracting is. You know, they spend over $500 billion a year. So there's endless things you can sell, but it's also equally as confusing at times. So you go to SAM.gov, you're going to register, and then there's a system, (laughs) beta.SAM.gov. Okay. (laughs) And on the beta.SAM.gov platform, you can see different opportunities that are out there to at least see what they are, have an idea. However, that's not the only place where the government buys, but... I'm just going to keep it simple. So you register in SAM. You can go even before you register, but you can go into beta.sam.gov to check out the opportunities. And then you can kind of go from there to see what you think. When when you come in really specialized, it's great because you at least get in, right? You can get in, you can align yourself with another company like ours. We're always looking for trainers. I mean, literally, we just um, brought someone on board, has a certification and strength finders we needed somebody with that we found that person and now they're going to do work for a federal agency because of that so you can do the same thing when you're specialized and then you can also look in look at other opportunities maybe there's something that catches your eye and you're like oh wow i never knew the federal government bought kosher potato chips i have a connection I'm gonna start flipping kosher potato chips there you go then you're the kosher potato chip dealer I mean
0: you're saying you can go to beta.sam.gov and literally look at a list of things that that the government wants and then you can dedicate your your five to nine right your nine to five you get pay your bills you dedicate your five to nine to developing one or two or three of those skills so that you can start your own business right so it's a super simple way to do that is that would that work?
1: Yeah, it definitely would work. I mean, you there's the entrepreneurial mindset that's definitely needed because there's competition. There's a lot of things that you need to do, but by all means. And then there's even a, a, a second website. This one is a little more challenging to access. Um, I think you have to be registered first. So I'm just letting everyone, all the listeners know. And it's it's um called Unison. And they... I love Unison because they have a tagline, something around like, we sell the most, the place where like the federal government goes to buy the most unusual products. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's, there's no buy too weird is their tagline. And literally Uh, there's, um, a lot of products on there. So here's a great example. Uh, bureaus of prison, they buy a lot of textbooks and so, if you have a connection with certain textbooks, you can flip textbooks. Uh, they, they've. I've seen them purchase horse training before.
0: Horse training.
1: Yes, like they needed. Um, <laughs> they oh <my>. needed. <laughs> they needed a horse trainer to train the horse how to do, to to perform different movements.
0: Oh my God! So you oh, okay? So I I've been riding horses my whole life. Um, I used to ride horses as a kid. I could get a government contract as a horse trainer.
1: Oh, correct, <laughs> as well as maybe you're like, oh wow, let me find this trainer who specializes in Western style. And you call up the trainer and you say, hey, how much would you charge for this kind of service? You add a um, profit to it and then you submit the contract and then this horse trainer does everything and you you just have to send in the invoice.
0: Well, that's like, a whole, it's like wholesaling. It's like yes. wholesaling a house.
1: Yes. That's Jeez. a lot. Like That's how this is. That's such a great analogy. It, it is. It's exactly like wholesaling. Oh it exactly God. is. Yep. Anything.
0: That is so dope.
1: Anything. Like. Everything under the sun, like right now, they have. Um, I see an opportunity for solar winds network and server monitoring, maintenance, and internet services. And I mean, there's a lot that they, oh, they post on here. Yeah, it's like oh, wholesaling.
0: Great. Uh, do you now you have a podcast yourself called I do. Adult Fluent?
1: Yes, Adult Fluent.
0: Okay, what is adult? What do you guys talk about in adult fluid?
1: It started out like it's very motivational. Like my favorite episode is episode two, where and and I think this provides like the the best example of how the of the podcast. It's inspirational because no matter how old you are, we're always adulting. You never figure any of this stuff out, and we don't, and it's it's kind of weird to talk about to your friends because then you don't want to seem like you're messing up. And so, (laughs) so this, so it's there to help you and give you inspiration. So in episode two, I interview um, Dr. Malik Boykin, who rapped for 10 years and pursued this rapping career and his fallback was to be a college professor. And so now he's the first black psychology professor in the history of Brown University. And it's just it's mind blowing all of the um, adversity he overcame and what he's doing now. And then he's still making music and it's just a great example. And that comes out in all the episodes, whether it's a guest who talks about their journey to now doing things in social media or their journey to creating perfume. One of my guests, she struggled with depression and she found that sense really helped her with her depression. And so she created her own perfume line because that's what got her out of her depression. I mean, it's just a lot of those kinds of stories of hope, overcoming obstacles, success, or some of them are still trying to figure things out. And so I just really encourage you to listen. Definitely episode two. Um, Some of the newer episodes are more about teaching. Like I interviewed Mr. Houseplant, who's really popular on TikTok that'll come out shortly. And he talks about how to take care of houseplants. And so there's going to be a little more kind of learning as, as the podcast evolves, but it's still important to adulting because who wants a house full of dead houseplants? No one.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I just threw out, I just said to throw out the dead plants. We got her flowers for mother's day and I love, I love this woman to death. <laughs> well, I love her to life, uh, but we can't keep plants alive in this house. So (laughs) that's definitely an episode I'd want to tune into and like play, maybe play it out loud when she's around so she can, Oh, oh," so i don't have to say it directly to her. Um, And, and on the topic of super weird and interesting things, uh, you are a famous, right? You're a Guinness world record holder. I am. Right. I am. How how? Why is it like are you the longest fingernails in the world? What what kind of Guinness World record is this?
1: It is for most skips of a rope while wearing flip-flops in 60 seconds.
0: The most skip most you, you jump rope with flip-flops on.
1: Yes, and 182 was the number. Whoa. So three a second. Three a second.
0: Three skips a second.
1: Yeah. I'm fast. you have a video? Yeah, I have a video. It's on uh I'll i I'll share it. I put it on LinkedIn. I uh I'm not sure if I put it on my Instagram.
0: Oh my God. Please put it on your Instagram. Okay. Three skips a second.
1: <laughs> yeah it's like
0: in sh- 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 in the most dangerous footwear known to man.
1: And there were like the basic ones because they had to approve all of these things. So these yeah. are like the basic, I literally went to a pharmacy and purchased them and they say Florida on it. And they're like the most basic <laughs> flip flops that you purchase when you're traveling. And so, yeah, I mean, it it was really, really challenging. Um, and then on top of it, like I'm, I'm getting closer to my weight loss goal. So I've, I lost weight since I'd purchased the flip flops. So then the flip flops are like a little big, <sighs> <laughs> but then I had already had them approved, so I couldn't like switch up my flip flops. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's some kind of, that's some kind of dedication. Who would have thought uh, <laughs> that seven year old girl who sold golf balls would be the Guinness wor- World Champion uh, in flip flops?
1: I know it's crazy.
0: It is crazy. I want you to leave us with your favorite quote your favorite quote, I want to surprise you. So you didn't have one prepared. What comes to the top of your head?
1: I know this is, so my favorite quote is like my favorite tagline. It's, 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 it's who I am. It's everything is is possible. Everything is possible. That's who I am. That's what I say. It's what I stand for. And I firmly believe it. I firmly believe it. You know, no matter where you start out in life, no matter what happens to you, no matter how many times you're knocked down, You just got to think about all of the amazing accomplishments of the people across the world, people we don't even really know or loved ones that you just know. Oh, my God, I can't believe they used to be, you know, in this situation. And now look at them. Wow, everything is possible. And I firmly believe it and I see it and I live it in my life. So that's my favorite quote.
0: I can tell you believe it. Mm -hmm. The amount of passion that came out, you said it and you said it and then your heart just exploded. Yes. You just... Oh, my God.
1: It's so true. I mean, it's so true, especially when I look at my life. It's like, you know, there was a woman who fell in love and she got pregnant and she had to go to an unwed mother's home to have a baby. I mean, who? that's horrible.
0: That's horrible.
1: And who would have thought that that baby would turn into the person that I am today? And I'm not finished. Right? You're not finished. And I'm not finished. And the road was never easy. So it's like, if I'm able to do these things... And to come from where I've come from and knowing my story, then, man, everything really is possible. And you look at the things around us and you look at, like, the national treasures and just just being blown away at what we can do as human beings. And it's like, wow, we, we really are amazing.
0: Uh, well, thank you, Kizzy, for joining us. And uh, before you go, please give us all of your socials, everything, everything right now.
1: Okay. So on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, it's ba- it's Kizzy M as in Marie, Kizzy M Parks. Mm-hmm. So it's Kizzy M Parks. You can't miss me. Uh, you'll probably see some, you know, black woman with blonde hair. That's me. Definitely me. There you <laughs> go. Then on LinkedIn, it's Kizzy, then light bulb parks, because there are other Kizzy parks out there, believe it or not. And so you'll see me with the light bulb on LinkedIn. DM me, either LinkedIn on Instagram, DM me. I get back pretty quickly. Um... Other than that, you can check out my main website, which is KPC Inc., like incorporated, kpcinc.com, just so you can take a look at what a government contractor's website looks like. But DM me for more information, DM me with questions, DM me, I don't know, I can send you a corny joke, maybe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and listen to her podcast adult fluent
1: yes please do listen to adult fluent there's some i'm telling you episodes are good number two is amazing number one is great with my because she has like probably two million followers on tiktok and it's quite amazing to hear how she did that and her backstory so please please listen and there's it's amazing you're gonna love it you're gonna love it mm-hmm.
0: Hope you enjoyed the interview. I love Kizzy's energy. And crazy enough, she lives in Florida too. Alright, what a small world. Make sure you check out her podcast. And if you have any questions on how to turn your skills like horse riding, uh, marketing into government contracts, visit her website, kpcinc.com. That's the letters kpc Inc INC.com. I'll see you all tomorrow. This has been your host, Alice Cunningham, saying be well and remember, as you begin searching for answers to life challenges, don't seek security. Seek adventure.